And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hansbrough. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is episode 40, and I'm Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hulk. Um, man, we're on the brink of start of football season. I'm ready to fucking go. Uh, it's going to be a great pod. Sleep. Always is, man. Uh, Tar Heels kick off tomorrow. Uh, Virginia Tech on the road. First win in, I don't know how many games we play, like 11, 12, uh, on the way to the national championship. Heard it here first. I keep saying it. I'm going to keep saying it until it happens. Uh, <clears throat> you know, so we got the we got the Tar Heels kicking off a big season this year. Mm-hmm. Got a bunch mm-hmm. of night games. Mm-hmm. Uh, weather's a little crispy outside, you know. It might get a little chilly tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got NFL kicking off. I drafted a a just dominant fantasy football team last night. Probably stretching that one a little bit, but nonetheless, I really did draft a fantasy football team. Uh, Cam Newton ain't on it, or the Patriots, or any other team for that matter. Uh, we'll talk about him. We're going to talk about Bishop Sycamore. I had to, in, I had to uh, uh, educate Tyler on what was going on there pre-show. Uh, we're going to talk about the PGA, Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, he had to educate me on what was going on that pre-show. Uh, Kanye's new album, can't wait to get into that, and a few other things. So I say we jump in with the heels kicking off against <laughs> VT tomorrow. And true to form, guys, we don't know. We don't have an agenda. We don't know. Uh, we got no spec sheet here. There is no method to this madness. It's just madness. But uh, tomorrow uh, at VT, wherever the hell they play, middle of nowhere, Virginia, mm. 6 p.m. kick, ESPN. Uh, dude, we're about to see real quick whether we're going to live up to the hype or not. You can't win them all if you don't win the first game, period. All right. This is the biggest game of the year because it's the next game of the year. Um, everybody's happy on week one. Everybody's excited. Uh, so we'll see. A lot of hype with the football team seems to be uh, a recurring theme. Um, but you know what? Max been back. I'm ready for the attack. Let's go. Um, I'm excited. Um, you know, we have a chance. I'm not sure if we'll ever have a chance to have a Heisman on UNC football team, Sam Howe. Uh, so I'm pulling for him. This may be once of a lifetime opportunity. Who is the? Have we ever had a Heisman? I don't think we've ever had a Heisman winner. I think Mitch was actually in the conversation. Uh, he may have actually even attended the ceremony. Oh, Mitch, um, underrated. Yeah, he was a very underrated, uh, you know, college college player because he's at UNC, right? But, um, but yeah, I, I'm to my knowledge, we've probably had a few guys in the conversation, like. I don't know if Lawrence Taylor was or any of that stuff. We had like Natron Means, the Natron Bomb back in the day. Uh, old Cam, he might have been in the conversation. Um, uh, but I think that's the one he was having in, in his head. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe Choo Choo Justice back there went to went, – I think he played with our, our good friend Danny Davis. Um, but yeah, I don't know, to be honest with you. Oh, Choo Choo. Oh, Choo Choo. Chug a lug. Man, we had some great players – uh, I mean, over time, but yeah, I have no idea. Most of them never really blossomed. They either blossomed in, in college and, and weren't that good in the NFL or vice versa. But, uh, dude, Sam's going to be, I don't know, man. The worst thing that I think could happen is we just don't live up to the hype at all, right? <laughs> if, if we go, you know, dude, I really think, and I was reading um, the, the odds are that I think Notre Dame and Miami – 
are the only teams that we're not favored to beat. The Miami game is is very close, and Notre Dame is on the road, and they're one of the top teams I think in the country. And there, and 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 it wasn't like it was a long shot, right? So I think with a couple, and especially if you get to those games and with momentum, um, you know, I think we have a it's a it becomes 50-50 games. The worst thing I think that could happen is we go like, you know, seven and five. I mean, that would be terrible. But you know, if we go nine and three, as long as we don't just lose, we always lose like shitty games. We'll win all the hard ones and then lose to like Virginia. What are your expectations? Like, ex- what what do you think? What do you think we should be focusing for? Like, what do you think is a realistic expectation in your opinion? My God's honest expectation is an undefeated season. We play Clemson in the ACC championship and go to the college football playoff. I really think we're that good. Mm-hmm. I think there's there is because everything in college centers on the quarterback, and we have the best quarterback we've ever had. Period. And there is no other. You know, there's a couple other guys that are like in the early talks for the Heisman or whatever. But there is no clear. The other dude from Clemson is you know they're saying he's going to step right up and be a, a, a Heisman contender. But dude, we've got that, and, and the defense is 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 there. Um, you know, we've we've demonstrated that. I think in the over the last couple of years, you know, with the way we performed in big time games under Mac Brown and these guys, that we can um, now we can like we 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 we've shown that we belong in some of those games. Mm-hmm. Whereas before we'd have you know we get a little momentum maybe early in the season, and then we go out and play somebody like Florida State or something, just get throttled, and then then that was that. You know, we still kind of lose some of those games that we shouldn't lose, like Virginia's and like, uh, you know, App State, right? Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And But but at the same time, I, I think that we're, you know, Sam is a junior. And, you know, dude, I don't know, man. For all intents, that dude just seems to have a great head on his shoulders. And, um, you know, I, I just think that we've got two games that are, that are, that are real toss ups. There's a lot of games we should win. And traditionally we haven't always won games we should win. So if we can win the games we should win, I think the momentum builds and I think we beat Notre Dame and I think we beat Miami. Uh, Miami's at home and we always have their number. We got, dude, October is going to be insane. We play Duke at home. Then we play Florida state at home. And then we play Miami at home three straight weeks. And then I think we go and play Notre Dame on the road on Halloween. Or like day before, three weeks in a row uh, for football at home. That's a big time schedule. Uh, that's favorable. Um, there's another side. You got to go on the road, and it seems like mm-hmm. you have to go on the road for a while as well. I like Sam Howell. I like his attitude. I like the way he talks shit when he he gets behind the mic. I like his confidence. I like how he carries himself. So I'm a Sam Howell fan. And besides Sam Howell, I don't know another Tar Heel on the team. Um, it seems like last year we had some good running backs. Are they back or are they gone? They're gone. They're gone. Missed, missed on Javante in my damn fantasy draft last night. Okay. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But I'm still right. upset about so, that. So bye-bye, baby, bye to the running backs. All right. Uh, wide receivers. Heard we had some depth there. Yep. All right. Great. Awesome. We got somebody we can throw to. That always helps, Sam Howell. Um, I'm pulling for him. Let's get the Heisman. Let's get this guy the Heisman, okay? Let's start Belichicking teams, okay? There's no more beat a team by – 10. Let's beat them by 30. Yeah. Okay. Let's start let's start proving a point. Let's make bad teams look bad. Mm-hmm. Um let's make good teams look bad. Um so this is a big year for us. You're expecting to go undefeated and beat Clemson in mm-hmm. the ACC championship. Yep. Okay. Uh realistic expectation. All right. I'm on board with that. They lose a game, they're a failure. 
So that's a realistic expectation that Sleep Park Worldwide has come to. Um, and, <laughs> when you uh, say it like that, it definitely, it definitely puts it in perspective, man. Yeah, you, yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm walking out there with it, dude. Yeah, if you lose a game, um, yeah, you failed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, shit. I mean, that, you know, I mean, now talk to me if, if we lose a game. I don't think it's going to happen. Like, I'll probably change my tune a little bit. But, dude, I, all I'm saying is I think we are ready, you know, and um, you can't have a Heisman quarterback without people to catch the ball, without people to, to you know, they, they, look, they've demonstrated, the coaching staff has demonstrated, they know what they're doing in recruiting, best recruiting we've had in 20 years. And Mac has an unbelievable way of selling university and selling the program. I will, I will give Mac that. I mean, what he's done and brought in the recruits and the way he, he's talked about these universities, <laughs> unbelievable. Dude, we are number ten in the preseason poll. Now, ten. Now, these preseason polls are bullshit. How many other ACC teams are in this? So team? ahead of us is Notre Dame and uh, Clemson. And okay, that's it. So Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Uh, I think that's Halloween weekend is going to be a tough one. Oh fellas. yeah. Okay, that's going to be a tough one. But here's the deal. Okay, and I hate doing this more than anybody. Okay. We play Virginia Tech tomorrow. We got to beat Virginia you Tech. You are not. We wrong. cannot look at Clemson in the AC Championship. Yeah. We've got to focus on Virginia Tech. We got to go up to Virginia Tech and beat the shit out of them. Yep. And then we can come down here and celebrate a little bit. And then we look for our next opponent. Okay. I know, I don't know a damn playing football, but I know a mindset. I know what you got to do and how you got to prepare in sport. And you got to go up there and beat Virginia Tech. We mm-hmm. haven't had the best of luck in Virginia. And going off the interviews of Mac Brown last year, team didn't handle success. We've had yeah. a lot of hype. Okay, True. we haven't won anything yet. We got to go out there and prove it and earn it. Yeah, I like that. And and right now to confirm, Clemson sits at three, and then Notre Dame is number nine, and we are number ten. Those round out the ACC teams, if you want to call Notre Dame's bullshit ACC uh, validation. <laughs> um, so here's my thing about that game, and then we can move on. So you've got one, two, three. Four, five, six, seven, eight. This is the eighth game of the season. You're right. It is Halloween weekend. Um, but by then, if we roll in there seven and zero, we will have beaten Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. We will have beaten Virginia at home. And I know Virginia sucks, but they always beat us at home. We will have beaten uh, Florida State at home, and we will beat have beaten Miami at home. And we'll be heading to Notre Dame as a top five team on the road, prime time, Halloween. It'll be cold, right? Like, and that'll be the last game. You win that one, you got Wake Forest, Pitt, Wofford, and NC State. I mean, dude, I could be the quarterback. We'd beat those four games. If we're undefeated going into Notre Dame, Sleephawk will go on the road, we'll go to Notre Dame, and we'll pod right there. You heard it here. In South Bend, Indiana. Yep. And we will do a hell of an episode. We'll break it down. We'll see who we can get from the football program. It may be not what you guys want to hear, or but we'll get somebody associated. Okay, associated with the football program, and we'll have a hell of a preview. We're here. We're team positive. We're bringing the energy for UNC football. Nothing negative here. You guys lose, you fell, and we won't cover you as much. But if you're undefeated going into Notre Dame, we're going to be there. We're going to be supporting you. Sleep Hog Worldwide, we like winners. I don't know who the hell is calling me in the middle of the episode, but, uh, you know, come on, tune in. So, yeah, Tar Heels' uh, expectations are very high here. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Um expectations for the Donda album were also very high. And listen, man, 
anybody out here, I don't feel like our fan base is uh, as, as, as wide and, and large as it is. I don't necessarily know that we got a ton of Kanye fans that follow along. But, uh, bro, that album, I, li- I listened to like the first three songs and I will never listen to any of them again. I mean, that it's the maybe the worst musical performance I've heard since like the Beatles. Dude, not I mean, for those of you who don't know, I hate the Beatles. Dude, the Beatles Kanye suck. Kanye the West Beatles is suck. worse than the Beatles. You heard it here first. And um, dude, it's awful. It's trash. Something's wrong with that guy bad. I agree. I listened to it. I put it on in the weight room. Uh Ed Davis is in there working out, hard work, dedication, sacrifice, commitment. Um, and I said, Hey Ed, have you listened to the new Donda album? He's like, nah. He's like, put whatever you want on. I was like, all right. So we put Kanye on, and I start listening to it. And I apologize to everybody in the weight room. I was like, <laughs> "This, this is shit. This is shit." Okay, I don't know what Kanye did, but whatever he did before this album, I miss old Kanye. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like it, and I can't figure it out. I just, I don't like it. Dude, he's become this like, um, you know, the, there's that whole thing. And I'm starting to get to that age where like I follow a lot of like I, I'm sort of at arm's length from a lot of the conversation that's going on in social media, <laughs> right? About how like Kanye doesn't drop his albums. He just teases them forever. And I, obviously I didn't know that until I started picking up on it now. And then apparently like they, they, they launched the album and he's pissed because, you know, uh, he didn't know about it, and then Soldier Boy was supposed to be on a song, and I'm like, dude, Soldier Boy, are you kidding me, dude? This guy was popular when I was like, like ten years ago, and he sucked then. Yeah, I think he was popular because everybody laughed at him, not because they actually liked it. He's the only one that wasn't in on the joke, and like he was supposed to be on there. Red flag. Understand why he got like taken off of there. Now there's that beef going on about Kanye and Soldier Boy. Then there's this beef between Kanye and the record label about how they released it, and then there should be a beef between Kanye and all his fans because his record sucks. But dude, it's weird, man. Like, and maybe I'm getting to the point. We're getting to the point where we're just old and like you know the same things we say about today's music is the same shit that our parents <laughs> said about when we were listening to stuff but i don't know man this stuff just ain't as good as it used to be no i agree man it's it's not like the rap and the hip hop now just isn't the same like there's no like do you know a big like anybody that you like in the and that's new and upcoming in the rap game like dude even even the ones that i would say i like I don't like nearly as much as like probably guys that really were in their prime maybe like six or eight years ago. Like Migos, like they have some stuff that like is pretty like catchy. I think I like that, Migos. I like them. Um, I like Travis Scott. I, don't I know. like Travis Scott. Yep. And and a few of these other guys have good songs. Right. And then you listen, try to listen to something else. But like I really like Bryce Vine, who's I guess he's kind of like not even that well known. Um, I like him. I like uh, you know Migos is great. Uh, you said Travis Scott. Like I'm trying to think. Like some of these other guys have like one song, two songs that like if you told me they sang that song, sing, sing that song. I use that term really loosely with some of these things. If you told me they mumbled on that song, I was like, oh yeah, I heard that one. I kind of like the beat or whatever, but I would have never known you know who it was of course the one thing that's kind of cool about spotify the spotify generation is like you kind of always like know who sings the song Mm because it's right there in front of you but like i don't know i just i don't understand like Lil yachty 
Little Uzi Vert. <laughs> Lil, I do like Lil Baby, and I like uh, Dub Baby. Lil Baby's not bad. Uh-huh. Dub Baby is not bad. Yeah. I agree. Dub Baby's from Charlotte. Dub Baby. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like... Uh, I put a lot of... You could tell that I'm not a connoisseur by the emphasis I put on like their little... Um, whatever. Precursors. Dub Baby instead of a baby. Like, you know, they have it all like all in one sort of like... Um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but... Yeah, rap's changed. Uh, Drake's album drops tonight. I'll be honest. Hey, listen, man. Call me what you will. Sign me up for a Drake album. I mean, Drake's got a new album coming tonight, out tonight. Tonight, it's called a Certified Lover Boy. <laughs> I feel like maybe that shit's about me. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh man, we'll find out at midnight. You know, so, man. Yeah. Oh wow. I mean, who knew we would. Um, I'm actually going to a couple concerts in April. I mean, in April, in October. They are not rap concerts, but um, for those of you who don't know, I live right across the street from. What are you going to? So I'm going to Future Islands. What is what the hell is so Future, Future Islands, man? Actually, anybody listening that knows Future Islands, uh, one of my closest friends growing up, his name's Sam Herring. He is the lead singer for Future Islands. They're a big deal, dude. They've been on Letterman. They've been on like Jimmy Kimmel. They're huge in Europe. And dude, anytime they come here, like they're very, it's a very unique blend of like, they call it synth pop. And to be 100% honest with you and everybody listening, like, I don't know that I would necessarily dig it if I didn't know Sam and one of the other guys I actually went to high school with. But <laughs> it's cool music, man. And like uh, a lot of people, man, they they love they love those guys. So I'm going to see them at the Ritz in Raleigh in October. And then this band called Krungbin. They're like a uh, what is it? It's called I think it's called Krungbin. I might be Krungbin? spelling it wrong. Yeah, they have they do some stuff with like Leon Bridges, and they're big into guitar. There's three of them. Uh, anyway, man, it's kind of like just sort of. Uh, I, I think I'm going through midlife crisis. Is what I've never even heard of these. Bands. I had never heard of Krungbin until I heard them on a Leon Bridges song, and they're very much sort of like this sort of funk guitar, like very. You have to be in the mood to listen to either one of these. All right, guys, I listen to country rap. I listen to EDM too. Oh yeah. Um, who am I currently like? If you had to tell me who I really like, um, it's probably. I really like Kane Brown. I think he's coming along. Um, and after that, I don't know, man. I just hit the it's country station, <laughs> and I actually listened to the weekend. <laughs> the weekend's great. Yeah, yeah, the weekend's good. Especially now his face uh, is fixed again. Did he refix that shit? I think it was all a all a all a scam. No, I get it. It was like a publicity stunt. Yeah, that was a good one. Weekend. Yeah, <laughs> really got everybody. <laughs> really pulled one over on us on a Wednesday. No, nah, man, I'm looking for it. I love Eric Church. I've seen He's him in great, concert man. a few times. Um, North Carolina guy. Uh, yeah, I'd like to go see him again. He always puts on a show. Um, but uh, the one person that's on my list that I haven't seen is Bruce Springsteen. Apparently, he has a um, a Broadway show now. And Bruce, the king, I think he goes by the king. The boss, buddy. The I've boss. S- I've seen the boss. You've seen him in concert? I've seen him in concert. Does he perform to, for two hours straight, he no pause? performed I- nonstop, and it <laughs> fucking sucked. It now, sucked. I'll tell you why. I, I had to say that because just to get the shock factor out of there. He was promoting a uh, a new album, and it was like he didn't sing any of the classics. I don't know why, but 
he just and that's why it sucked that he had never sang you know bruce springsteen has like some classics and all he sang was stuff that i had never heard before yeah bruce is great uh big fan of him i sometimes i go to his spotify playlist when i'm working out i just go to bruce springsteen radio uh always been a fan of the boss um i think his daughters went to duke or whatever but uh yeah, I have to go see the uh, the Broadway show. I've heard it's a hell of a performance, and uh, I'll have to get up there and fucking just go watch that shit. But um, moving on, uh, I told Sleep Dog about this. Bryson DeChambeau's absolute meltdown on the PGA Tour last week was a pure classic. I mean, you talk about Cam Sexton. Like, I mean, I was just sitting there and and Bryson has gotten to be the biggest douchebag to ever play golf. I mean, just a, you know, I felt bad for him at one point. He fires his caddy. Okay, guys, could you imagine being a caddy for somebody who has a spray gun so you can wet the balls in case it rains? He wants to know, you know, what it feels like to hit a wet ball versus a dry ball. Jesus, you talk about one thing on the golf course is not to overanalyze anything. Could you imagine dealing with that guy on a daily basis? And now we got the whole PGA Tour. Oh, you know, Bryson, we don't want to make fun of him. We don't want to hurt his feelings. I mean, it's a good thing he doesn't play another sport where actually fans can yell and say whatever they want because this guy would be a walking nightmare. Yeah. And he gets what everything he deserves he gets. I mean, I think he has like special shafts in every club. Uh, he used to have the protractor to read the greens, which is absolutely stupid. Yeah. Um, it's not the way the game's meant to be played. Um, golf is supposed to challenge you mentally. It's not supposed to make you a complete psychopath. And he's, I don't know, Sleep, what's your thoughts Dude, on Dude, I was trying to get, like, you know, I felt like he was kind of misunderstood for a while, you know, and I... You know, I, 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 he's obviously your quintessential golf douchebag, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I think the the Instagram account, if you don't follow, called Golf Douchebag, is hilarious. You should follow it. Um, but they call him the valedictorian <laughs> because he's like the biggest golf douchebag of all time. But, you know, it's the hat and then the whole, you know, trying to drive the shit out of the ball. And he still doesn't really win that much, right? So, but he's got a major, maybe two majors. I can't remember. I tried to like give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, man, he's just kind of misunderstood guy, like, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then Brooks doesn't really do it for me either. He's kind of a dick, you know, and like, kind of arrogant and he's really really good and instead of just being kind of cool about it he's basically like oh no i don't even really care bro i'm just like this is what i do you know so Mm -hmm. i i kind of like if brooks was cool i would have hated bryson a long time ago right but now like they're both just on my nerves but but dude you're right bryson DeChambeau is just over the top and you were telling me all this stuff uh about you know you can't call him brooksy anymore or you get kicked out. I mean, I get him being annoyed by it, but bro, come on. You you put it on yourself. <laughs> That's literally and what I was about to you say. You know, back to Bryson, who did all this all-season training and lifting. He only leads the PGA Tour by uh, four yards in driving. And yeah. the next closest person is Rory. And Rory is like not even barely 200 pounds, if 200 pounds. Yeah, I don't think Rory even weighs, I don't know, man. If he's 200 pounds, he's built, built like a brick shit house. Now Rory is very athletic. I mean, he is. He, I mean, he is. He is built well, and he does the pelotons. And Rory's he's very, five nine. I bet he weighs one hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, and Rory is very into fitness. Yeah. I mean, he wears a 
the whoop tracker watch, the monitors, everything. His workouts are super intense. He does the Peloton. Uh, you can watch all his numbers. It's pretty cool. Um, but, you know, Bryson, to absolutely change his body and add more weight than only lead the PGA Tour by four yards to a guy that is half his size is pretty – Bro, uh, what am I doing wrong? Rory is 5'10 and is 160 pounds. Holy shit, man. That is teensy. light. That, that is teensy for teensy. sure. Very teensy. So, yeah, so I will say this, guys. When I went to the U.S. Open, I was amazed at how little golfers are. Yeah, they're not big. No, they're not at all. Brooks isn't big. No, Brooksy's not big. Um, yeah, they're not. I was just blown away how small they are. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Bryson, I'm I'm all out on this guy. Well, it's, like. it, it, yeah, it's it's wild, too, because the, the driving distance is the equivalent of the, the fastball in baseball. Right, like everybody sees the three, four hundred yard drives, but like nobody ever really talks. You don't see highlights of you know Rory just piping at three thirty down the middle every time. You see that one highlight of you know the long drive when Deshambo hits at three sixty because he hit the cart path, or he, you know, he's like the it's a dog leg and he's aiming it at Martha and Tommy's house over there trying to fly it to the green or some shit, you know. Um, and it's, it's like that in a lot in baseball, you got a guy, a dude that throws over a hundred miles an hour and you think all these guys throw hard, like the average, the average fastball in the major leagues is only, is like closer to 90 than it is a hundred or it used to be, which mm-hmm. was really surprising. Cause all you do is hear that these guys throw 97, 98, hundred miles an hour. You, all you hear about is these guys, Dustin Johnson and all this shit, they drive the ball 400 yards and their average drive is like 315 or something. Yeah. So yeah, dude, Bryson doesn't do it for me. Um, I didn't see, though, so I heard about it. I was doing something over the weekend, and I meant to tune in for this this final. Didn't it happen on Monday? The final actually happened on Monday because of the rain or something? With uh, Cantlay and, and DeChambeau? Which no. DeChambeau blew the lead, right? You were, just, you were telling me about it before we started. Yeah, it did happen. I think there was uh, – hold on one second. Let me think here. Uh, no, it was on Sunday. Okay. Yeah, it happened on Sunday. Um, so they went to extra uh, holes. They had four or five playoff holes and kept six. Time. Six. It was the sixth hole. I yeah. didn't see that part. And of the best part of it is like Bryson was missing. I mean, he kept missing. I mean, it was his to. Deli- I mean, he kept missing putts. Mm-hmm. And then he'd walk around and throw his hands up and not know what was going on. And you know, it was it was great to see. And um, <laughs> and old Cantley was just. Steady. I mean, he was just steady. Didn't make many mistakes, but uh, yeah, it was um, it was a big win for him. And I'm not the biggest Cantley fan. I didn't even know who he was until uh, last week. But uh, I loved seeing Bryson just absolute meltdown. Yeah, you, you live for. That's what I was most disappointed in. And guys, it's not often that I'm right about something. But the average distance says here, this is from Golf Tips. This is Golf Week at USA. Golf, God, it's a long URL. Can't they just come up with something? Uh, anyway, golf, or USA Today or Golf Week. I've heard of both of those. So I'm going to trust the number because I ain't, been, I ain't been the one walking off these drives. It says, regardless of the year, an average distance, average driving distance of around 290 yards is typical. I mean, you would think that PGA guys drive it over 300. They don't. Then I go and I Google the average MLB fastball. It is 91.7 miles per hour. So, like, you know, it's just 
interesting that those numbers, I'll bet you if you did like a family feud style and said, hey, we asked 100 people what the average PGA Tour driving distance was, they'd say a lot higher than 290 in general. So yeah, and, and you're right, DeChambeau, You were exactly right. Is uh, averaging three twenty three, and McElroy is uh, three nineteen, so four yards ahead. And then you got guys like what's what's really interesting is this how slow my internet moves when I'm trying to figure out who the other guys are. Cameron Champ, is Cameron that? Champ's three seventeen. Matt Wolf with that ugly ass swing is three fifteen. Will Gordon. <laughs> But he does. What does he make? Fish sticks. That's uh, he's three fifteen. Wyndham Clark is three fourteen. I mean, I never heard of these guys. And Dustin Johnson coming in at number seven. Brandon Haggy, dude, I've never heard of. Where's old Phil? I thought he used to drop them bombs, buddy. Kepka is thirteenth in driving distance. Sergio, like okay, I've heard of Garrett Woodland, or sorry, Garrett Gary. Dude, I'm not kidding, man. I ain't heard of none of these people. Are these is just just the PM year to date through the BMW Championship? The tour average right now this year is two ninety six. Okay, so that's closer, dude. Literally, man, none of these long drivers. John Rahm is twenty. John Rahm's one of my favorite golfers. I love John Rahm. Um, Adam Scott is twenty eight. And guys, when I'm telling you I'm going through these, I'm I mean, I, you're not going to know any of these other guys. All the good golfers are middle of the pack. Tony Finau, thirty one. I'm still looking for Phil, and I'm at Bubba Watson is damn it, dude's forty, and he's at he's at hell forty, might be sixty. He's thirty eight. <laughs> Paul Casey, Justin Thomas weighs a bunch of a roll of paper towels. He's for, he's forty two. Wow, yeah, Phil's not in the top fifty. Cantlay is fifty. Cantlay Wood, Phil's fifty four. There he is. He's fifty four years old, I think, too. So anyway, man, that's kind of surprising. Phil does pop at an average of three hundred one point eight this season. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I guess it ain't all. So maybe I got a shot, dude, because I'm not big off the tee. <laughs> I think I'd probably be coming in. Let me scroll all the way to the bottom here and see. <laughs> oh, uh, KJ Choi rips at two sixty nine on average. That sounds about you know. I think he could still outdrive me a little. Wow, some of these guys are short hitters. Wow. Anyway, that's incredible. Brendan Todd, two seventy five. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, Poulter. Yeah, his pants are too tight to swing. Uh, <laughs> to swing hard enough to get it over two eighty five. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's wild. Um. You know. But the the coolest part, and I wasn't sure. I saw this in a meme where I get most of my news. Um. And then I verified it for golf.com. Great great job on the URL golf.com. Uh, I don't know how many of you have seen uh, the Formula One Drive to Survive show. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. And the whole reason I know anything at all about Formula One is because of it. And um, I saw somewhere and have verified through golf.com that they're going to be doing a similar show. It's already like according to quote unquote multiple sources with knowledge of the situation. According to golf.com, they're doing a similar concept with the PGA Tour. From Golf.com, PJ Tour struck a deal with Netflix, an all-new episodic documentary series according to multiple sources. The show will aim to provide unprecedented behind-the-scenes access to some of the best golfers in the world as they play the 2021-2022 PJ Tour season. Filming set to begin early next season. Uh, the same people did Drive to Survive. The cast is still being finalized, but those already agreed include several of the tour's top players. Mm-hmm. So, dude, that's going to be sick. I mean, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I just like the inside 
I would like to see what, like, on a daily basis, what these guys do and what they go through, and what the real life like a golfer is. Oh yeah, and and the whole the dynamic of the caddies, right? Their families, mm-hmm. um, dude. I think that's. What, have you seen? Have you seen the Formula One documentary? I've seen. Yes, I've seen episodes. I haven't watched it thoroughly through, <sighs> but it is a great show. Yeah, and you know the one thing we've had a caddy on here, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Balkum. And the one thing is the grind that the caddies go through is just an amazing, like that we don't talk about, we talk about the golfers, but we don't talk about like the caddies and what they go through and how easy it is to get fired. And then just a quick turnaround, you know, the stress that the caddies are under has to be enormous. And I do like to see the stories. I think Phil's brother is his caddy. Mm -hmm. And then someone else has their fiance as their caddy, (laughs) which is is funny and also kind of cool. It just depends on which side you want to lean towards. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah, golf is very interesting to me and uh, I I can't wait for the Netflix. Yeah. I mean, I think it'll be fascinating because I mean, every amateur golfer has their own like fickle, like buddy, I I show up to the course looking for an excuse. Like, what am I going to blame this on today, right? Yeah. And so imagine if I got a caddy and I miss, and he tells me, oh, I think it's going to break, and I second guess him, and I was right, right? I mean, that dude's probably been right ninety five percent of the time, but I get it right once, and I miss. I'm going to blame him for the end of time, right? And you can fire him on the spot and all this sort of stuff. So, and of course, dude. I mean, God knows the reason that they're, you know, I know they're in communication right now to get two people on that show, and it's it's Brooks and and, uh, and Bryson. I thought you were going to say Cam. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that would be, oh, man, that would be kind of like our Olympics thing, right? It's just, I would love that. Just one, I would just love that. One regular person for um, so everybody could understand how hard it really is. <laughs> or or they could have, like, you know, just these, these they could do a, a spinoff on, like, Hulu. <laughs> it would be a perfect network for old Hulu is, uh, you know, these guys trying to become golfers. Um, but yeah. What a, what a great idea yeah. to have an ordinary person go and play the course four rounds yeah. to see what their total score is compared to the PGA and play from the same tee boxes. Tees, rules, everything. Yeah. yeah. It would be amazing. Um, yeah. What do you think you'd shoot in that setting? Because I got a number in my head for me. I think I would shoot... I, th- I think I'd break 110. I've been playing a lot of golf. I'm See, like I don't a, think I would. Nine, I, mean, I'm, I'm I got a, 120 in my mind. Yeah, so I, I think I would do better than I expect. Guys, I played my club. We've talked about my club championship. Uh, I'm I'm drastically improving at golf, and I play a lot, and it, you got to have a lot of patience. Um, but nerves can get the best of you, and uh, it's a different thing whenever you're playing with your buddies and then – all of a sudden, to be in front of cameras, every shot counts. No, yeah, you're buddy. not picking it. <laughs> Imagine you got all those people lined up on either side of you, and I'm just standing there, like trying to hit a three wood. I'm like, buddy, I might take out six people with this Titleist right here. Um, I mean, I that would be the funniest part for me is watching some guy just hit one off the hosel mm-hmm. while there's while there's a thousand people surrounding him. So there, there is a golf has a big analytical side. And I'm not sure if the, I haven't fact checked this. What do you think the biggest difference between the amateur and the professional is? I guess it would be swing speed. It's a tee box. The okay. tee box shot has been 
analytically one of the most important shots mm-hmm. uh, in golf. And it's what separates the amateur from the pro mm-hmm. most drastically is how accurate they are off the tee box. Right, okay. And someone told me that at my course. And also I was playing golf with somebody over the weekend that told me that putting average from 10 feet for the PGA Tour is only 30%. Yeah. And that's not like you would think it would be more yeah. given the expectations that the that we have of these golfers. But no, they're human too. And golf is very like – I saw DeChambeau put up like a 10 or 12 at the Open. I was at yeah. that 17th hole. And, uh, you know, they're human. But I think the, the key to golf is eliminating those big misses, those big scores. And I've played a lot of golf with sleep. One of his best games is he's very good out of the traps around the greens. I, I would say spend a lot of time there, so get better at it. Well, David Hasselhawk yeah. over here, but uh, yeah, I mean he, <laughs> David Hasselhawk. That's <laughs> Hoff, Hoff, Hoff. <laughs> oh man, but, that's great. Uh, yeah, you're good out of the the traps, the bunks. Uh, we all, I hate bunkers. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the Netflix documentary. Yeah, I got to get out there, man. I haven't played. I'm actually playing. So I'm going to the beach this weekend, and I'm playing for the first time in a long time with my girlfriend's family. <laughs> so I hope they're not good. Um, I hope I don't hit one of them. You know, <laughs> I hope they're great cart partners. You know, I hope they are okay with a few. A uh, dozen f bombs, right? There's a lot of things, man. Like you get in this situation, it's like, dude, I don't know, I don't know how this is you gonna go. You should tell them that you've never played golf before. <laughs> yeah, I was and like, you rented your boys' clubs. <laughs> yeah, and just have an absolute yeah. meltdown. I think just, he's left-handed. <laughs> yeah, just lose it. I'm a, I, that's what I'm gonna do. Is I'm gonna put a couple uh, bait clubs in the bag. And just hammer one over my knee. I've got two fifty sixes because I got a new one at one point, and I'm gonna just rip that some bitch across my knee if I uh, if I feel the need, and just really just. Uh, I always get more joy out of throwing them in the lake because <laughs> there's a slight chance you could hurt, hit your knee and like hurt your knee or not yeah. actually break the club. Then it looks worse <laughs> than it is. I'm gonna show up dressed like I'm damn Tiger Woods, though. I promise you that. I'm gonna show up like I just. These guys are gonna think I'm gonna shoot a 58 out there, and then that is gonna—they're gonna find that's true after the front nine. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be—it's gonna be. It's gonna be uh, and the courses from where I'm at at home, and they're like really short. <laughs> like uh, this course that I think we're gonna play, the first hole is a par three, and it's like 95 yards. Par three. Par first three, hole. first hole. Who in the hell designed Dude, that? Dude, you got very limited real estate out there on the coast of North <laughs> Carolina. And like this course is only like, it might be 5,800 yards or something like that from the back. It might be six grand from the back. And you think like, dude, this couldn't be, but I'm telling you, buddy, because the wind just howls. The greens are small. Like, I mean, real small. It's a, it's, it's a pain in the ass out there. There's not very many easy holes on the course despite its length. But You should wear white pants, <laughs> just J's. Uh, high tops. Hey, I've got the fives. I got the. I, I will. I'll wear those fives out there, and uh, I, I, I'll, I'll wear pants. Yeah, I'll go out there looking like I'm damn um, about to fly out to um, to join Cam on tour <laughs> come Saturday morning. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep you guys. It'll be a great story for the next episode to see how that goes. But um, yeah, hopefully they suck, or hopefully they don't. You know, like, I'm not terrible, right? I'm bad, but I'm not. Like, I can break a hundred, and on a good, you know, good day, I can shoot in the eighties. Right. 
So it is a, there's a fine line when you're getting paired up with somebody you don't like. You don't want them to be a, just a, a, a you know a stud, right? You don't want to go out there shooting seventy, right? But you also don't want them going out there and you're sitting in the car like, bro, like just pick it up, bro. Let's yeah. It, so the worst round of golf I've ever played was actually with sleep, uh, <laughs> Cam, and uh, we got paired up with the random Old Duncan. Duncan, he's yep. out there somewhere. He's out there somewhere, and guys. I could have bear crawled the course three times before this guy finished a hole. And so this guy took, I mean, the best golf advice I can give to anybody, don't be slow if you suck. Yeah. If you suck, don't be slow. Okay. Suck fast. Yeah. Suck fast. And so I, th- I don't think sleep made it through the front nine. He, I think we finished. I did. A- I left. I left after eleven. I remember that day. And uh, I think it. What did it take? Three hours, dude. Because there's a weird. So at Finley, there's that weird thing where you don't make. You don't actually stop at the turn until after the eleventh hole. I remember this. I had. I must have been at. At by after eleven holes, I'm pretty sure I was like ready to quit golf because not only do I suck, because um, when I'm bad, I'm bad. Right. And mm-hmm. and then on top of that, buddy, you got old Duncan up here. He's taking three practice swings and he's doing the waggle. And and I'm like, bro, we got to get out of here. Cam's walking up, dude. I mean, Cam, Cam's the kind of guy where he's he's a good golfer. So he'll hit his shit in the <laughs> fairway and then he'll hit his shit on the green and then he'll go up there and stand on the green. And you're like, bro, I know that I ain't on the green yet, and I'm 100 yards out, but could you please just do me the decency of, like, let me hit my shot and do my thing? Like, And he accuses us of being slow. And, dude, we're not slow. Um, so, anyway, and then on, you you put that in a bottle with old, uh, old Duncan, man, that guy. I wonder what he's up to these days. He's probably still lining up a putt from that round. Guys, this is the slowest golfer I've ever seen <laughs> on any golf course, and we get paired up with him. And sleep was not playing well, but it was uh, the combination of playing with somebody so fucking drastically slow. <laughs> and when you compile that with how frustrated you are with yourself, you're just sitting there and be like, God, Lee, this yeah. motherfucker. And I'm blaming and, it on him. Yeah. You and know? then by the 11th hole. Can't get in a fucking rhythm because this guy's <laughs> taking forever. It's like if I got in a rhythm, it'll just get worse. And so sleep's like after 11th hole, he's done. And I remember I made it to hole 16, and this guy, like, I was so frustrated. He teed off before me, and he was taking forever. And so I'm out of rhythm, and I'm sitting here thinking about, like, what I'm going to eat after the round, just non-golf stuff. Finally, 10 minutes later, he hits a shot, and I go up there, tee it up, and I top it. Now, this was 16 at Finley. So we were playing the back where you have all the shit in mm-hmm. front of you. And so my ball just is gone in oh, the weeds. No. I take my club and I swing it as hard as I can against the ball cleaner and just shatter my <laughs> driver in two pieces. And I put the shaft and the, the, the driver, which are disconnected, right into my golf cart. And I said, guys, I'm out. <laughs> And I just left. Should have left after eleven, dude. Sleep that was saved a, you three hundred bucks. That was the best decision Sleep did was getting in that damn car oh, and just man. leaving. And uh, uh, he said he's never drove straighter from that car ride from Finley <laughs> to Raleigh. Yeah, the straightest drive I hit all day was right out of that cart into my parking lot at home. Oh shit, man! What a what a time to be alive. But hey, man, Duncan, if you're out there somewhere, buddy, you do you, man. You play your own game. Just play it with somebody else. We don't have anything else that I'm aware of. Sorry for those of you that were uh, piped in here on Instagram live feed. It shut down for some reason, but you didn't miss much. You can catch us on this in future episodes. This is our 40th. We'll keep going. Uh, anything else, Big Hawk? Stay, hey, 
real quick before we end. I pump faked you there. Ooh. We'll be on Insta, and we'll give you our pregame analysis, our uh, picks, and we're back into the game. We're going to answer all your questions. Keep hitting us up on oh, there. Oh, yeah. And stay safe. Stay safe.